Welcome to the latest episode of the Output Gallery podcast. Output works exclusively with artists from or based in Merseyside from our little space in Liverpool city centre. That space is currently closed due to lockdown restrictions, but even though it's a bit of a difficult time, we're trying our best to be creative about it and figure out different ways of getting art out into the world even throughout all of this. So that's why this podcast exists. We started it a few months ago with an origin story about how the space came to be and all of the episodes since have been interviews with the artists we are working with on our current programme. I think they've been a really helpful way to hear behind the curtain and understand how artists work a little bit better. Uh, We don't want to keep postponing exhibitions because we want to work with artists and we want our audience to get to know their work as well. So from our next exhibition, we will be going postal. Uh, We're going to give our audience the chance to send us their address so that we can send out free posters to them. And we'll explain all of that a little bit later on online when we finally do that announcement. But for today's episode, I am joined by John Edgley. Hello who is going to be kicking off these postal exhibitions. John is a Liverpool-based artist from the Wirral who works in lots of capacities and we're going to try and work our way through them all today. But just to start off with, I wanted to ask, like I have asked everybody else, uh, what has your relationship been like with art from the beginning, from early, early age? Um, It's probably been like, do you remember those... uh box boxes that you get from like Poundland and stuff and it's got like Action Man or something on the front or like My Little Pony and it's got like the felt tips, the watercolours, pencils and all that. Yeah, that's what like I got most Christmases <laughs> from family members or like, oh I don't know what to get John. Let's get him some paper and pens from Poundland. Yeah. Um so that's pretty much from like an early age. Everyone just got me paper. And then um Yeah. Then it's just from like six foot um what's it, A level and getting doing it at a GCSE level. Then my GCSE teacher pushed me to do it as A level. From that, just going to like the usual like doing it the foundation, then to uni. It's pretty just the straight path, like all the way. Straight. So so it was quite natural for you to go on to study art then. Yeah, well, like I wasn't sure at that doing it as an A level. That was the part where I was like, uh, I'm not sure. But then uh, I did it, and then smashed it <laughs> i got a um, what's it called i've always got like decent grades at art so i got like a star gcse a star a level distinction and like some like award at um, foundation and then i finished john moore's with a first very good not bad for this kid with dyslexia like not sure i why. didn't do you know what i got a 2-1 i didn't even get a first <laughs> smashed it so what was your art like when yeah, when you were doing A-levels, what, what were you making? Um, so A-level was like, we got introduced to like painting and stuff like that. So it's like where your teachers were like, right, we trust you now with wet stuff <laughs> and stuff that can stain your clothes. While you're wearing like, in our sixth form, you have to wear suits as well. I went to like an all boys school. Um, you had to wear like suits and stuff. So my mum had spent like about like £100 on a suit for me to wear, like two suits so I can wear for like sixth form. And she hated me because within like two months, like I had acrylic all over it. Oh my god! 
yeah. So sixth form was just like painting and stuff like that, um, learning to paint. I never really enjoyed it too much. Like I just more enjoyed drawing than anything, painting them. Like me and colour just don't have a good relationship really, what is what I'm trying to say. So and then I remember near the end of sixth form they were trying like we did oil paintings and stuff like that, but I was just ended up like wanting to do more stuff with drawing. Mm-hmm. And they were like, No, you gotta paint and they were like pushing me too much. It was just like they were like trying to obviously push me towards stuff that will make a better grade and everything. Yeah. I was like coming up with like um, examples of artists who just do lines and that's it, and who have made amazing success. So I was like a six form showing like Keith Hare and Egon Sheila and all this stuff. I was like, look, lines, lines, or lines. But yeah, um, and then foundation. I carried on drawing, doing some other stuff, and then that in foundation, it was where my teacher was like trying to say maybe you should do illustration and not fine art. And I was having like uh, a crisis in my mind. I was like, do I want to be an illustrator? Do I want to be an artist, illustrator, artist? But I ended up being an artist because I was like, come to the conclusion that I don't want people to tell me what to draw. Mm-hmm. But now I'm getting to a point where people ask me to draw <laughs> anyway. I was going to say, so, you've just, didn't you just do an illustration for like a, a, a mental health thing? Like someone coming off antidepressants, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've literally just done the thing that I said I didn't want to do all the years. That's obviously teenage angst being like, you know, I don't want to do anything anyone tells me to do. That's really funny. <laughs> but now I'm like, I'm in the real world. <laughs> so what was, you went to John Moore's University to do fine art in the end, you didn't do illustration. What was that like? Um, the course was all right. Like, um, I was quite, like, the, the teachers I got, I got in first year, I got um, a teacher called a teacher called Toby Christian, who was really helpful. He only was there for a year, and he like, I went into like uni thinking art was drawing, sculpture, and painting, and that's it really. I'd very liked it, and then then I remember doing this like we did a week carousel carousel thing. So each week we were doing a different thing. So it was like two D, three D, four D. I think, and that's it, yeah, 2D, 3D, and 4D. And then when I got to 4D, we had, like, Rory McBeth, who was, like, the head of the course, teaching us, like, what 4D is. And then, like, then he showed some, like, conceptual art and stuff like this, like, just a white painting. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> My eyes just going, uh, okay, oh, this kid that just, like, clocked in on the same day over and over again for, like, a year. I've seen And that. my eyes just going, okay, okay. And then I just learned that you could be more like Misty. You could be a, I don't know if I can say it, you can be more of a little shit with like contemporary art and stuff like that. I was like, oh, okay, so I don't have to draw silly thing. I can just be silly or like play up or just be a little shit by doing, if you just like be a little bit clever about it and stuff like that. So what's an example of that? What did you do? So like first year we had this, ex- we had to do like, we, we were made to do so many exhibitions. That was the great thing about that course. They really about like making work, pull it in a room, make work, pull it in a room. Do you get me like that constant? So in first year, like I ended up organizing an exhibition underneath a flyover in Murrell because I thought it was a funny idea because I couldn't afford anywhere. <laughs> and then also we had this like space in the um, ground floor that was like we used as a gallery space, but it was more like you had the entrance to the room that they used for like the seminars and stuff like that. And the other side was like where the cafe was. So people used that more as like a corridor. 
and I thought it was like a terrible place to do an exhibition because people just walk through all the time. I'm like, that's not what you want. You want like a gallery that has one way in and one way out, so people walk around the room. So what I did was um, take loads of chairs from the studio and put them right across the gallery space as a wall, and then covered the, like asked people to bring in like um, blankets and like sheets and stuff like that. I made a giant fort going across the exhibit, the gallery, and and then um, just made it like say, and then weighed it down with all the books and was like, you've got to climb under, you know, crawl under if you want to like get through. So people were like walking, expecting to go to this big talk. And then just hit this wall and be like, eh, what do I do? And I'm like, well, I'm the artist and you respect what the artist says because this is a gallery space. So climb and go underneath. Thank you. So I was just like, I'd senior members of staff and stuff like that, like climb and going underneath this um, blanket fort that I made and everything like that. Yeah. It's just fun to wind up, like just to use these like little things that you've got to respect the art and all that and you can't like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Definitely. So I I had all that to play with. That's what I learned. You could just play with an audience a bit more. Mm-hmm. I got really into like um, interact, like what's it called, participant work, where like the audience finishes the work and stuff. But yeah, I got bored of that quite quickly. And then, um, did you go back to drawing? I got so I, yeah, I did. I started curating and performing in, in first year, making like physical stuff and everything, a lot of cardboard. And then in second year, probably near the end, when I was running this space with um, three other people, we ran a space called Zoo House for like six months. And we put on a few shows where people were putting drawings and we had a few talk artist visits on a Wednesday. People were drawing. I started getting jealous. And I was like, oh man, I haven't drawn in like almost two years now. Uh... And then I like, forgot how to draw. And then like, so I literally made some books in uni on this printing game workshop and then just started filling them in and then it is I started drawing again and I just drew how I used to draw in like sixth form which was pretty much like one one line continuous drawings or like blind drawings and stuff like that like really bad looking econ sheilas and I was like I don't want to be doing that no more I wanted to draw for my not from observation, but more from um, imagination. Like, you know, what can this little head of mine, like, this big head of mine, like, leak out? So I started just, like, doing, like, spontaneous drawing of crayons and ink just to try and get used to that, like, get past that fear of, like, just putting stuff down on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and then using pens quite a lot because you can't really correct anything. You've just got to go with it and just c- continue until it's, made something and if it's good then you keep it if it's not then you keep it and make it into something else what do you like about drawing what do i oh that's a good question oh damn because like Um, for me like i so i went into the into my art course thinking i was just going to be a painter i was going to be a painter and gradually i realized i was writing more than i was painting and now i feel like my right my artistic practice is writing and i love it because um i really like editing text and I like trying to get things in the right order and I like trying to make a piece of text that can be read as well like it sounds conversational and for me I'm like yeah I I like that mix between like written language and spoken language and just trying to make it sound good like what is what is it about drawing that that's where you've ended up 
I think I've always liked to draw, but then having that break from drawing when I was like doing performance and stuff, like when you're doing performance or curate, not as much as curating, but performance or anything like that, you are the like, not not you're not the art, but you're the center of the attention. Like, do you know what I mean now? The eyes are on you then. But with drawing, you or like, and sometimes creation, like curating, you you should take a step back and then that thing's there instead. And it's just like that was a nice. That's what I enjoyed. I got bored of like being that center. Yeah. And I was like, I'm gonna take a step back and just like let that like leak out and just I didn't I didn't really show any of my drawings in uni at like at all until like very I like got I was very shy about drawing again like nervous because I was like oh my god and then they were very like not personal but like just I felt they were a bit like oh my god if someone reads this they're gonna know who I am exactly like they just know all my secrets so I was very scared about drawing like showing them at the first time it's funny that you say like you wanted to step away from performance uh, and maybe move towards drawing or curation because like it's not about you then but then you've still got that fear that like by showing people the drawings they're gonna see who you are yeah yeah it's like behind the behind scenes do you get me mm-hmm. like the before when you're doing performance everyone's just seeing that act that you want them to see so you're in control in that way but when you're like i guess for me sometimes when i'm drawing I'm showing maybe parts of me that I don't intentionally want to show, but like when I'm drawing, I'm not. It's not a co- complete stream of unconsciousness, obviously. But you just do like I. I start off drawing by just drawing the outline of a body or shapes, and then fill them in with expressions and stuff, and then see how it goes. So, it, my drawings dependent obviously on like what I'm watching at the time, or what I'm thinking at the time, or anything really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So it's just a mixture like that, really. Um, but the main reason I used to draw is just because the main one, if you want to get functionality, though, drawing is like the cheapest practice you can ever do. You just need paper and pen. Like, performance is cheap because it's your body, but like, you need an audience. But to, I guess, to do it, to activate it in some way, or some people would debate otherwise. But with drawing, I can just sit there get a big wad of paper and just draw away and like it's cheap it's affordable mm-hmm. i can pull it out and i can make things that i can't make in real life with drawing if i can't make it physically i can draw it at least and then you can still see an image of what i was i want to make or what i'm thinking and you've started to scan stuff in haven't you as well y- yeah yeah so um i think in third year stopped curating as much I, no, actually, stopped the, we stopped doing the space that we would, a group of us were doing because we were like, yo, we're in third year, we kind of need back to our own practices. And also, um, I guess we all got what we wanted from trying to run a space for a bit. And then, so I was drawing more anyway. And then I got shown how to like scan my images in and do it on a tablet. Now, the tablets they have in the university are oh my god this the beautiful like amazing tablets like the ones where you just draw straight onto the tablet so there's no like it's just like drawing on paper but then the one i bought because it's cheaper there's like i can't afford the uni tablets are like you've got to draw here but then look there and that takes ages like it sounds so basic but like you're so used to writing 
or drawing and then seeing it right on the paper. Mm -hmm. But when it's like this displaced a little bit and you're drawing here, but you've got to look ahead of you, so you're not no longer looking down on the paper, you're looking straight to the front of the screen. That takes a little while to get used to. Yeah. Like, it's very simple. But yeah, you just scan the image. I just sketch a lot of my stuff. And then when it's like, I say tight enough, when I think the image is tight enough, I don't know what that exactly means, but I know what it means when I see it. I know what you mean. Um, when it's tight enough, I'm like, okay, now it's ready to be like digitally put in. And then maybe it gets changed a little bit extra with the um, on the on the laptop because I can do I can even I can go even tighter then on the laptop. Like I can put a, a setting in where it just allows me to only draw straight lines. Mm -hmm. So then I can put like a little bit of gradient and dots and all the stuff like that in. Yeah. What, do you make any other changes like sat you can change the scale of things then can't you yeah sometimes scale like maybe i've just maybe when i go on the, the computer i'm like actually i only want to focus the attention i've drew all this other stuff around it but the actual main focus is like this little square of the image so then i just zoom in on that and then crop the rest and i'm like that's actually all i want to i guess like when you're talking before like writing like you might write a bunch of stuff but actually go hold on the only bit of that paragraph i need is just a small chunk so it becomes like you start off writing or drawing but then it almost becomes which i enjoy more is like it's almost like collage or montage you like cutting bits up and sticking it all together and like i guess that's also leaks why i enjoyed curating as well because it's almost like that as well where you just like you get a bunch of material and you stick it all together and make a nice little like collage or montage that's that's editing and that's what that's what I really like. But I, and to be honest, I don't think enough artists do it. I think people should ed <laughs> edit the work more and like tighten it up because, like, some people just put everything out like first go and then that's it, don't they? I wish there was. Yeah, I, I'm not not about that. I like yeah. to edit. Like, I want it to like, like I I just made a book recently for the first time, and like I've got the drawings from the book when I was just doodling them. So all the drawings from that book I released were like all doodles and stuff like that, or like sketches that were in like multiple books. I want to say multiple. I've got over like last time I counted, I had like eight hundred sketches or something like that. And I've got that was like two or three years ago, so I'm well over in the thousands now. Wow. Um. So I'm just going through pages, tracing bits I like, and then. I had loads, I had like just paper all over the floor and just like, yes, bit of this, bit of that, bit of that and just filling in pages, collaging it all onto paper and she sat down. So you know, what happened was I got, I had a cough because I worked in, I work in a, in a, a retail store that is it works, I won't say the name because I can't really say it in case, but I work in a retail store that can do it if that helps anyone. So I got I'm on the timber saw and I got like MDF dust on my chest and then the next day I had a cough like this was like this year then I call up and they're like yo if you've got a cough stay at home even I'm like put MDF dust and they're like no stay at home for a week and then so I was in a flat on my own for a week like stuck in and I'm like what I'm gonna do so then I just was like I'm gonna make this book and then I literally Woke, my routine was wake up, have a shower, sit on the floor, cross my legs, two lights in between my legs, you know the ones that you press down, yeah, and a piece of plastic on top of that. I had no plastic, so I had to cut out a, a plastic sheath from um, a storage box, put that on my legs, then put 
that like the light between my legs so it shines up and then just have paper there and then cushions under sitting on the cushions and just have paper around the floor and just sat there like all day long if anyone walked in that room it wouldn't look safe or like healthy but i managed to make a book within pretty much a week so were you then, using it like you made your own light box essentially i made a light box but my my legs were the like with the box yeah and the plastic piece so i made a box mate we need to get you a light box i've got a light box now i've made one <laughs> but at that time i was just like improvising and i was trying to figure out how to make a light box without leaving me house so that's very I ended funny cutting up a storage box but um yeah so i made that box and then made the drawings literally all i did was like trace all of the old drawings and make it tighter collage it and all of that and then had that and i wasn't sure to just leave it like that and just scan it in and then print that off or like digitally do them again but then like i scanned them anyway just to have them saved on the computer just in case and then a few days later after scanning them um i accidentally dropped water on the originals <gasps> And like damaged like two or three pages, like the ink ran on it because I did it all on ink with like fine line pen, and I was like, oh, well, I guess I gotta like do them digitally now. Yeah. So that's why the digital. But like, I'm quite happy to do digital because they look a bit better. Mm-hmm. So then I just then digitally did it all again. Um, I used to do a page a day because some of the pages would take me about like an hour or two just to do. But it was like quite a lot of. I go quite concentrated when I do them and zone out, and then after they like, do them, I do like a page of a book, and then I'd zone out, come out of it, and be like, okay, and then just go and play my Xbox to let my brain just like, just like, just just relax, or just be like, Ugh. what games were you playing to relax? I play like proper boring games. I can't hack um, online playing anymore. I used to love like in, when I was sixteen, seventeen, and all that. 15 i used to love being that kid shouting on xbox live like haha way like on cod or halo and stuff or fifa i used to love the competition but these days i'm just old now i'm like like i just have an old man mentality i'm just like i'm quite happy playing um what's it called arc um survival where you're just on an island and you've got to survive against dinosaurs and you've got to tame them and it's like a stressful minecraft yeah you can die every few seconds stressful minecraft is a good way of describing it yeah yeah so I'm, i played that because that's just like a way to zone out i play fifa still but on management mode i'm really hard that's stressful but again building a team um and i've started playing this one called i think it's called city skylines it's like building a city and all that again just i just really enjoy building stuff at the moment that's how I relax. That makes sense. I think we've spoken a lot about like the process of what you do, which is really interesting. It's nice to hear it in like that much detail. What we've not touched on is like, what are you actually drawing? Oh yeah. <laughs> so I like right now for this show, should I talk about or just in general? Just I mean, just generally like when you draw, you know, what was what did you draw in the book, for example? What it, you know, when you're making like as you said. You must be over like a thousand drawings now. Yeah. What What are you drawing? Okay. Yeah, that would like, help for the audience. Um. So, what I draw is tends to. It started off as hairy blobs. That's how I de- describe it. Like when I started trying to draw from imagination, the first thing came up was just like human-like blobs, like really like flat. And then I started filling them in, and then 
the hair I started making them hairy because I got to a point where I like what twenty, and I looked at my hands one day and I realised I had like hair on like coming across my hand, and I was like, "Well, that's like men's hairy hands. What are the, whose hands are these? This is disgusting." And then I looked down and realised like I had more hair on my body, full stop. And I was like, "Oh, I look like I just look hairy." And what the hell? Is, I had like a proper moment. Where I was like, "Oh my god, I'm I'm hairy." And I'm like losing the hair on my head and becoming like a hairy old man. And then, so that's when the hair started getting drawn on the thing. And it's very therapeutic to just have a leg, for example, and just go line, 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 line. And that's just to zone out. So they started off as hairy blobs. Um, and then there's still some are still hairy blobs, but they become more stylized over the time, more smooth and more like. A combination of like Adventure Time meets um, Attack on Titan with a sprinkle of like the Big Leisure. That's a good like. God, isn't isn't Attack on Titan mad? Yeah, so like the some of my creatures are definitely just rip offs from Attack on Titan, like that, like the the facial expressions and stuff like that. Um, Especially in a lot of my drawings, the, some they started getting like when I left uni and started working full time or part time, whatever. Um, on a lot of overtime, the, the my drawings definitely started becoming more violent. I was like trying to avoid drawing aggressive stuff, and then it just started working in retail more, and then it just came out. So lots of people in your drawings, then. Yeah, it's mainly people, a few houses, um. A continuously smiley mask thing that I just like is a continuous like it started off as like I don't know it started off as like a smiley face or like uh, in the early ones it started being like something you told to wear like wear the smiley face like at work or stuff like that then it's become now like more of a like a a mass evil thing that I draw like it's like it's like this um, don't know how it's just internet, like global capitalism now and the smiley face is almost becoming like majority it's like this like character who's just like smiling but it's just got no real body um, it's just a stripped back human with no body hair or anything um just with a smiley face that sounds like a titan yeah titan <laughs> this year is a titan night like, and sometimes it, it's got it shows its veins and like is it has teeth and all that and starts eating or it's like drooling from the mouth and stuff like that so i draw like hairy blobs and funny faces and that's it really yeah that's the best way to explain it and houses sometimes that's no that's good that's good so you mentioned houses um i'll just read out the description for your upcoming show output uh so you as i've written in the press release um you're going to be looking at the figure of the landlord as one who exploits a tenant's labor to inflate their own wealth taking inspiration from cartoons for children as well as political comic strips in newspapers uh, you've produced drawings that star the landlord as a villain caught up in scenes of comical gags and physical violence these are made with pen and paper before being scanned and digitally composited further to situate the polemics of his work in the show edgley will be installing a host of his own illustrated two let signs on the front of the gallery while the building is closed due to pandemic restrictions and this aims to highlight the fact that the problem of landlordism is a shared concern across domestic cultural and commercial spaces too 
So there's two kind of parts to this project because obviously we can't just do a regular old exhibition and a regular old exhibition opening and all that jazz. Like <laughs> we're going to be doing, um, you've produced, one of the drawings that you've produced is going to be Rizo printed by Samoya Keda. Um, and whoop, whoop. on the <laughs> on the back of it, we're going to also then have the press release um, for this show with a few question and answers with the artist. And um, you, John's also illustrated like around around that drawing and then the idea uh which is all very sort of last minute but it is what it is it's 2020 is like <laughs> any anyone listening up until the point because there's only so many we can really do is uh people can give us their address and we'll send them out this print for free and they can like enjoy the artwork but also read about it so that's part of this the other part is the installation mm. do you want to do you want to talk about where that has come from and like what your ideas behind that are yeah so i started the like not just the idea itself like um i've never had a good landlord is like this way to start i don't know i don't think these the, the phrase like i know it's a phrase but i've never actually met a good landlord um and the, the the main thing that came like and as, as a student never not even that terrible um first year out of uni not so good again bad experience with landlords and then um my last house that our last flat i was living on terrible where i was trying to move out before like the whole moving to that place i live now and um i was told if it didn't if i moved out in before the pay then I wouldn't have to pay, so it was great. But this, the COVID lockdown came down. Um, I was struggling to get like my big furniture, so I got rid of all my small stuff out of the house because that's just a small car drawer. But I struggled to get all like the furniture and stuff out of the house because I was like, obviously, don't have a van. I have a driving license, but I haven't drove since my driving test when I was eighteen, and then around twenty-four, just to like put that in perspective. So six years, and then, um. And then, yeah, I didn't know anyone with a van or couldn't get anyone. So the landlord was like, if you don't move your stuff out, those large items, I'm still going to charge you rent. And I'm like, what? Um, so then I had to just, like, call a man with a van and then, like, although, like, you know, try and keep my distance, but then I had to get in a van with these guys because they've got my furniture in the back of the van and all my belongings. So I'm having to do these, like, breaking these, like, COVID rules just to get stuff out just so this landlord can be, like, happy. And I'm like, I'm glad you're happy while I put myself at risk like that. Like, it's not a huge risk, but it's still a risk. Um, and then then after all of that, then you try and take extra money out of my deposit as well. So I was just like fuming. And then um, that's when I, I was taking on a bit that extra more. And then that's when this idea for this show came along to make like to let signs and all that, like my expression of anger towards like this, like, just exploitation that I felt like landlords was doing. And I was reading a lot more on like working class stuff as well. Like, uh, so yeah, started drawing stuff and like saw a few like old um, illustrations by like union members and all that, like back in the day. And it was like, one of them was like a man being squeezed by like an apple press and one underneath it says, 
low wages and on the top of the other press it says like low wages and then high rent and just person getting squeezed by this man in the top hat it's very like self-explanatory and i was like shit yeah same mate same and i was like oh, maybe i can make stuff like that so i just started that's when i started making my own like but i was thinking instead of a salute to let sign being like hey rent this property it's like to let like maybe renting someone's labor or something like that so that's what's trying to show in the um, different feelings of renting so there's one where someone's running on a treadmill and there's a knife behind them because like one minute you slip and you cut it off with the rent another one where you like um pulling a carrot the, the donkeys like human donkeys like chasing after this carrot which is a house or this other landlord sitting in the back of all these houses so that's like explaining like I don't know my feelings of wanting to have a property my own property but then you're having to drag someone else's property behind you to pay for their bills and stuff um, and stuff like this like it shows there's a mixture of different feelings of like how it feels to just be renting and giving this like almost like tax each month to someone so they can possibly probably have nice holidays and have a nice car and all that um so that's where the select signs came and then i was going to try and set it up in the gallery as like uh, like to let just all these to let signs up in the gallery space and I have like fake grass made out of um, corex and all that like make it like proper looney tunes looking background and then sadly lockdown yay um but i had the idea to do to let signs and then the gallery's closer it's like okay then let's pull it on the walls then in it like it makes sense and i don't it's almost like this sounds weird to say this. I'm almost, almost grateful for the lockdown because I actually like the idea of being outside on the building more than like inside. I think I was just playing along with the, it's a gallery show, let's put it in the gallery space on a white wall. But this makes more sense to put to let signs outside of a building because that's where to let signs belong. So. It makes a lot of sense. And also I can kind of already imagine like, you know, those greedy kind of landlord figures walking through <laughs> empty no but like honestly walking yeah. through an empty liverpool city center like thinking where's their next spot gonna be yeah. and like they see these signs on seal street on top of like output and <laughs> they, they, they look closer and there's like there's no recognizable you know um like office attached to those signs it's like an artist's work like yeah. taking the piss out of them yeah and i really like that and yeah. i think it, it it i feel like it will it will like land really well yeah i think a lot i'm hoping a lot of people are just like because it's not right now it's not just like like we said before it's not just the people who rent houses and all that are feeling the sting like um where work there's a lot of builders and people doing property and stuff like that and like i spoke to uh, just while I was on the till, uh, I spoke to a guy who runs a restaurant in Liverpool, and he said after the first lockdown, he had a thirty grand bill for rent. While he, that, and that's why his company was closed, and then his staff were in furlough. So on top of all that money he wasn't making, at the end of it, he has thirty grand, thirty grand to give to someone. That's like a student debt. Do you know what I mean? That is ridiculous, isn't it? I was I've seen so many like little things pop up. Like there was a like a group in somewhere in America and you know, in whatever this apartment building is, everyone in the apartment uh, apartment building 
kind of organized together socially in a social distance way to like not pay their rent because they wanted rent relief and it worked like they've not been paying rent for months now they've just they're like no we we can't afford it we, the the government's given us nothing mm-hmm. and hardly any of us can work so it can work like that but it. it's just hard to like it's so difficult how do you like organize like my, do you tri- like it's worked on a flat and stuff but how do you organize something like that across an entire city that's the that's where it's like and you've got to have everyone in that mentality of like yeah let's stick it to the man type thing isn't it like and you've got to get everyone in that mind frame and like stick together because any sign of like one person or a few people giving up then the whole thing falls down and that's the, the that's the main difficulty of it really is getting that like collective like attitude yeah yeah but, definitely yeah very exciting so where we we mentioned vaguely like that you had seen the um insp- a little bit of inspiration in the illustrations that unionists had made yeah. and in the press release we spoke about like um inspiration from cartoons for children and political comic strips in newspapers yeah, yeah. like is that an important part of your research process yeah so i've when when people get to see this like thing with the poster sending out I have wrote in the corner like I watch cartoons and call it research. Like I have wrote I have wrote stuff and all that like in the past. I made jokes about myself that I do watch like tons of cartoons in my spare time, and I I'm quite happy to binge out because again zoning out it's quite nice. So I binge quite a lot. I've binged most of Cartoon Network. Um, when I say Cartoon Network, I mean like recent 2010s Cartoon Network, so for anyone who doesn't understand what I'm talking about, that's like Adventure Time, um, Regular Show, Clarence, um, and stuff like that. Oh, oh, Stevie Universe, and a little bit of Hello Grandpa, because that's a mad show. Um, But then, so I watch a lot of that, because the more contemporary um, cartoons have like, focus on storytelling, instead of like, cartoons from the let's say the Flintstones or um, Transformers and stuff like that and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles all of those were like back in the 80s and 70s so they were focused on making like things to sell so they were like making cartoons to then sell toys where like now cartoons aren't really about that it started mainly in the 90s where you've got like um, the weird one Johnny Bravo and like um well, like Dector's Laboratory and stuff like that started coming in. So cartoons are massive for me. Um, and I look at like contemporary ones, like now ones that are made now, because that's what I watch. I love Craig of the Creek. Anyone watching cartoons right now has to watch Craig of the Creek because it's wholesome and it's beautiful. And it goes from zero to 100 quite often. Um, but then I watch like stuff like Looney Tunes, like original Golden. I watch like an entire compilation on youtube of looney tunes because that's when like like it's called the golden age of cartoons and stuff i guess where you've got like um cartoons were getting like people who were like super talented drawers and like that and like animation's difficult as well because it's not simply just drawing it's also about timing and facial expressions and stuff like that um and music and everything like that so the old Looney Tunes were like is are beautiful in my eyes, um, and up there with any Renaissance painting, um, and then even going further back than that, like the nineteen twenties, you've got like Felix the Cat and stuff like that. So 
it's a it's a pra- animation something that's only been around for like over a hundred years or something or maybe a bit more and it got even better when you know with better cameras and technology and now just like laptops to make art um so i really like animation but i pull it out there just to explain with people i like 2d animation i'm not about that 3d stuff like i love pixar and everything but like 3d like spongebob and all that just hurts my soul i'm not gonna lie so um i like it 2d i like it flat that's how i like my drawings it's like i like drawings like that's how i like it um and then because i like that i like you know like medieval art do you know what I mean? Like medieval illustrations and stuff like that because they're completely bizarre and the me- I'm sure the medieval times were proper even more bizarre than what we're living right now. So they're sick and they didn't have the invention. People forget that perspective is an invention that you can use or not. And like, like art from like medieval times or like in, in yeah, medieval times, like England, it was just all flat. Like there was no like idea of perspective or anything like that, really. So it's perfect to use, and that's what I like to do sometimes. And then I look at like I got into Bosch recently, um, because that's mad. I got into Bosch Heavenly when I was like drawing these for, for this exhibition. Um, Hieronymus, our fave. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I avoided saying his first name because I always mess it up. So I'm, I just sit around for Bosch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Aubrey Beard, Beardsley. I think that's how you say that. I like really like their drawings. Um, this artist I came across called Jim Woodring. It's like a comic. I started to get into comics recently. But like, again, I'm very picky. So I'm already getting into comics with no words. So they're just purely illustrations. Um, interesting they're just and it's like an actual thing in comics like they're called silent comics so it's just a comic book with no um speech bubbles or thought bubbles or very little there might be one or two there's a whole story then told through then you have to really be talented in like your facial expressions and like yeah what part of the body you use to set the scene or like stuff like that if you watch stuff on like samurai jack or anything by the guy who made samurai jack whose name i forgot he made something called Primal and he made Dectus Laboratory. Anything made by him is perfect because he uses very few words and like it's just all about the composition and everything. I watched the video once where the voice actor for Samurai Jack said it's the easiest job because I only have to say three lines per like episode sometimes and it's brilliant. <laughs> so that I like artists like Hardy Pandal. Um got to meet him when I was in uni, that was sick. Um, these illustrations are just out of there, like yeah, and the use of like and like videos and stuff like that, and then his big installations in in gallery walls just make me like jealous and like I I'm like give me a wall please <laughs> please, um, and then the Sing Twins that you had recently at Alpo, I saw there. I didn't get to see the exhibition, but I got. I started following them online because of that exhibition and they like I know they colour theirs in and everything but they've got a few there which just it's just the drawing and I'm like, Oh stop it. It's beautiful. Um They've they've just come out with a colouring book as well. And stop. <laughs> stop it. I've gotta save money to Christmas soon, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. it's for charity oh okay now I've got to buy it now that's it now you've got to buy it oh my god 
I'm 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 on a podcast. And I have to buy it. Like simple as. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. So anyone who any any artist really that draws and I like get a oof moment when I see like the lines and stuff. It's literally that. I know it's a weird expression, but it it's just ever see someone's drawings and I get this spark. I'm like, oh look at that. Yes. Then then. That's then I start liking them straight away. It's like when someone does a nice move in in forty or like when Salah just smashes it in the back back of the net and it's just sweet. It's just like oh, stop that naughty move. That's the feeling I get for like someone's drawings. It needs to be like naughty. I'm like that's naughty. That like look at those lines what they're doing there. That's how I've got to feel about someone's drawings for me to like be like yeah, I'm gonna be obsessed with you now. So that's my art really. So just to end then, like, what do you want to do next? Like, dream world, after this <laughs> exhibition, what would happen? What do you want to do? Right, so at the moment, I'm applying to a few jobs that I've seen on, like, from Jerwood. So that's, like, one thing. I'd like to maybe start getting back into exhibition making that I've not done because I've just never had... I've struggled with doing funding application with my dyslexia. So... Maybe something like that. That would be lovely to do. Uh, I still want to carry on drawing, obviously. I love it now. Um, I've been weirdly asked to do a commission that I can't talk about on here. <gasps> like, like it's not an actual commission. I've got to like apply to for a chance to do a commission. It's like a or it's like an interview with drawings. It's sick. Interesting. And I've been asked to do one or two more commissions by people. So that's weird that that's coming through now. Like. Um, all at once I guess mm-hmm. from doing the book people have started being like hey let's ask him um, so for anyone who ever does drawings or art just make something like a book or something and sell it and then people know you're active there you go um, in the dream world though really just anything really I want to make magnets for people's fridges <laughs> I'd love to make magnets for people's fridges Like, so if anyone knows how to make magnets I'd like to do that um, I want to put an exhibition on people's fridges, like that'd be funny. Um, or patches, I, I want to do a patch and pins. Then I just want to make little things right now. I don't want to do a big sh- like plan any big shows or anything. The only biggest mm-hmm. thing I'd like to do is maybe a billboard. Like I just don't want to put anything in the gallery space for a while when galleries aren't really like like how they usually work. It just makes sense yeah. to as much, um, and I don't want to put people in danger of getting in those closed spaces just to come and see my drawings. Like, I don't think it's cool. So I'm happy if someone went, hey, do you want to do a billboard? Because that would be like, yeah, sick people driving past me. Like, and a kid go, mommy, what's that? That, that That's hilarious. <laughs> it's a big hairy blob. <laughs> yeah, big hairy blob on like the M6 or something. <laughs> like, that's jokes. Um, so stuff like that, really. Um, yeah, anything Amazing. like that. And there's always the idea of people like, are you going to do a t-shirt? Are you going to do a t-shirt? Your stuff would really look good on a t-shirt and clothes. And like, I'm like, mm, it would, but don't know. Don't know, just whack an illustration on a t-shirt and be like, ta-da. So just yeah. anything that is in the gallery thing right now is what I'm yeah. looking to do. Because it's a Makes bit more sense. fun. And safe. Fun and safe. Fun and safe. That's the, that's the that's idea. That's the aim. <laughs> well, thank you very much for speaking to me. Where can people see your work or follow you online? Okay, so at the moment, I'm still lazy and I haven't made a website um, 
because I'm terrible like that. But if people want to follow me, you can get on. It's John underscore A underscore Edgley on Instagram there. Give us a follow. Um, if you want to book or anything, slow as a D, slide as a DM there, and I can send you, a, you know, sell you a book. That's cool with me. Um, or if you want to do a commission, again, DM me or email me. I don't mind. It's all cool. Um, so yeah, if people just find me on Instagram because I haven't made a website yet. <laughs> Perfect. And then if you want to follow along with Outputs Exhibition Program. Our website is outputgallery.com and we are at Output Gallery on everything else. Thank you very much for listening and keep an eye out so that you can sign up to get a John Edgeley poster in the mail. Okay, bye-bye. Bye, people. Bye.